I do genuinely hope that everybody has had a great year. I know that a lot of people look at the last 12 months and your, maybe your family dynamic looks a, looks a bit different. Maybe a new child has come into uh, your home or somewhere in your family, or perhaps there's an empty chair at all these family gatherings from someone that's passed away. And so at times like this, it is good for us to focus on something that will never change. That is the love of our God, the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the involvement of the Holy Spirit in God's children's lives. What a blessing it is to be able to celebrate that. Let's stop and pray one more time. Would you bow with me, please? Heavenly Father, we do come to you with the request that those who lack wisdom and all of us are going to fall in that category to some extent. Those who lack wisdom, let them ask of God. And so on behalf of the folks that would hear this message today, and I would hope individually in their hearts right now they would call out for wisdom. As we have the Holy Spirit as our teacher, your wonderful word to study and examine, dive into the deep truths of it, And we thank you, God, for this special time. Would you please help our minds to be drawn to this as it is a a holiday and a busy time of year and folks have things going on. Make this in these next several minutes be very sweet and special to us because of what you have for us in your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. When we come to the end of a calendar year, it is common that we will find some review going on in different venues. In the news, they will review um, big events that have happened over the past year. Maybe they will talk about famous people who have passed away and we'll see their picture flashed up on the screen one more time. Today, we're going to take a look into the past. We're going to go way, way back into the past. And my goal is that hopefully after our time in God's Word, you will be more thankful And also, moving forward to 2018, you will have an unshakable confidence on no matter what comes your way. No matter what comes over the next few weeks and next several months, I would hope that you could take God's Word and have an incredible incredible confidence. Let me begin by asking you to get involved just a little bit, and I'll ask some questions. And there might be a variety of answers to these questions, so you'll have to listen carefully. I wonder if any of you have ever had the experience where you tried to avoid a conversation about religion or your faith. Maybe you saw someone roaming the neighborhood and they were heading towards your door and you knew, you know, you didn't want to buy any, you know, new vinyl siding or windows and so you were kind of assuming that they were trying to sell you maybe their faith or their religion. And I wonder how many of you have had the experience where you have tried to avoid participating in a conversation about religion. Let me take it a step further. I wonder how many of us here have felt a little bit inadequate to participate in that conversation. I know for myself, when I talk to someone who has, they're not a Christian, they're outside the Christian faith, I do a whole lot of asking questions and listening And there are some people who have really um, studied up on how to defend your faith against certain cults and certain groups that are not Christians. And I know some of those points, but it's been my experience to better just listen to what they have to say and wait for the red flags to go up. And I can remember vividly 
them saying something and a red flag goes up that's different than what I learned in God's word. Now let me go a little bit further. My experience tells me that there are a few who avoid conversations about religion, about their faith possibly. Maybe they just don't answer the door if you think it's somebody wanting to talk about their church or their faith. Let me go a little further and say I would wonder if there are some who have had it cross their mind. How would you answer this question? Did you think that very possibly you might get converted if you participated in a conversation with someone else about a different faith system than yours? Or let me, uh, let me phrase it a different way. Did you think that possibly you might lose your faith or leave your faith? I think I know the answer to that for most of us. Probably the answer is likely no. Probably some of you have avoided a conversation about religion or the Bible or some other holy book. Maybe you've done that, but most of you aren't avoiding that because you think you're genuinely going to be converted to a different faith system. When we think about approaching different folks in this world, I want to suggest to us today that there are some topics that we will come across that are a little bit scary. There are some topics that we can touch on even within our own faith system that we're not quite sure about. And so today, as we look into the past, I'm going to hopefully take you to a place where you can have confidence regarding a really difficult issue. And here's my goal. This is what I was praying before I came in this morning, that you would grasp better how valuable you are to God. We're going to look at an issue, and it's an issue found in the book of Ephesians. If you're not already there, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And as you all know, in January, or if you, if you attend regularly in January, we're going to start a series in Ephesians. Now, we're going to try to move through this. I might do it in about 20 sermons or so. Um, but there are a few different topics in Ephesians that we're going to key in on, and this is one of them. As I was talking to one individual about a sermon at the end of the year, there was conversation about a pep talk and, you know, encouraging the church family and so a topical sermon. It's not a stretch for me to deliver a sermon like this on a day like today because we look to the past. And we're going to very clearly see in Ephesians chapter 1 way, way into the past. Now, the difficult issue that some people will run from, and, you know, let's not... Let's not play games about it. It's okay to have some tension sometimes. It's okay to have some apprehension about certain topics that you're not super comfortable with. And this topic here is about how God, in eternity past, chose those who would be his children. The topic of election is one that gives some people pause. A lot of people have a very strong opinion about that. And in order for us to approach it correctly, I want for us to understand that there's God's view of this Bible teaching, and then there is the devil's view. I put God's view up on the screen there for you. In order for you not to get stuck on this, understand God's view. And that's my goal today, is for you to understand just how valuable you are. How incredibly loved you are by a holy God. Now, this is a teaching from God's word, and we understand that the best counterfeiter in the history of the world is the devil. In fact, the devil will take things, and he will take things that God intended for good, and he will turn them into something that can be maybe confusing, that maybe even can cause problems. He's so good at it. 
You know, no matter how much we would try to keep something um, a positive and a wonderful blessing, we can't quite necessarily keep everybody on this track of falling into a lie from the devil. It kind of reminds me of parents that have a very, and this is fine if this is you as parents, some parents have a very strong conviction about guns, and they don't want their little boys to ever play with guns. That's cool. Every, every parent has to make this choice for themselves. But if you have a little boy, you can go to a whole lot of measures to make sure they have no guns to play with, and then you might one day turn around in the house and find them taking anything and turning that into a gun. You can do whatever it takes, but somehow those boys just figure out how to f make anything into a toy gun because they're built that way. They're going to, most of them, they're going to play that way. So you can have good intentions as a parent, but you just might not be able to stop that. We can have good intentions as followers of Jesus Christ and understand the teaching that God gives. And yet the devil, very much so, the great counterfeiter, he seeks to take what is good and beautiful from God and to make it something that would divide us. Just to make my point, do you remember what the Bible says about an indicator for the lost? So that those that are outside the body of Christ, what is an indicator to the lost world that we are as followers? It is our love one for another. And so this is a clear topic where individuals who love Jesus Christ, can make this a strong point of division to where they would even attack. And so please keep in mind this. God did not, understand, God did not give us this teaching for it to be a point of consternation. He did not give us this so we would argue about it and stress and have anxiety about it. He did not give this teaching in God's word so that some would stumble, but instead he gave it to instruct us better on his work of grace in our life. Okay, are you ready to take a look back a little bit? Way, way back. If you're not already there, Ephesians 1, I'm going to start reading in verse number 3. I'll read down through 5, where it says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Now, there's no doubt that some will feel anxious when they hear this Bible verse, that God has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. And we don't have to apologize for that. There are some topics that are just a little bit tougher to talk about, and we don't need to ignore the fact that it's in there. I had one friend um, when I was younger, I think I was probably around 19 or 20 years old, and we were talking about a difficult issue, and he challenged me with this illustration where he said, and I know it's a limited illustration, I recognize the limits of it at that time, but he said, if I take out the teaching that God's Word gives on this page right here, and I just want to cut that out of my Bible because I don't understand it or I don't like it, and I cut that out, he said, the problem is, is when I turn the page over, I've cut something else out that I didn't want to cut out. Now, understand the point. If this is true, then it's all true. If God has given it to us, we do not have to be afraid of it. It does not mean we might not scratch our heads, 
But either it's all true or it's not. Now, a key point, if you are feeling uneasy about this, let me go ahead and I'm going to lay out what I think. And here's the philosophy that most good pastors will give. They will say, please don't take my word for it. Please jump in for yourself and study God's word. You need to be a student of the book. And that is my teaching to you. And that is my challenge to you. Having said that, I know that many of you have the teaching ringing in your mind already. A line that you have heard. I've had conversations about this topic in the past three months with different individuals. I remember one recently. He said, here's what one pastor taught. And this is years and years ago. And they remembered a teaching. It was something they disagreed with. And that's why it probably stuck. So my challenge to you is jump in for yourself. Having said all of that, let me go ahead and lay out for you how I think we should approach this. Because some are going to ask the question. They will ask the question, do you really think that God chose those who would be Christians before the foundation of the world? And as I open God's word, I cannot get away from that. I can jump in and I can study and I can look at all the supportive uh, texts And I believe the Bible does teach this, that God chooses people to be saved before they were ever born. And so some might ask a follow-up question. So you believe that before the world even began, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father wrote down in the book of life who would be saved. You cannot be honest with all the scripture and miss that. You have to accept that. And so as a student of God's word, I have to accept that or else I have to ignore it. Or else I have to explain it away, and that's dangerous. Explaining it away is dangerous because it's really redefining part of who God is. So, do you believe this? All right. How about another question? Do you believe that anybody who wants to can come to Christ? And I would say absolutely. Absolutely. So, I would think that those who are saved were chosen before the foundations of the world. And I would also say absolutely Man does have a choice, absolutely. Now, you might come and you might say, these are opposites. That's right, they're opposites. And you don't have to be afraid of this. Here's why you don't have to be afraid of it. God's word teaches his absolute sovereignty, the election of those who are his. And God's word also says, he that cometh to me, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus Christ said, whosoever will may what? Come. And these are opposites. That's right. And so what do we do with this? These opposite teachings. The only way that these can be resolved is in, are you ready for it? The only way that these two opposite teachings can be resolved is in the mind of God. And that's perfectly fine. You need to be content to let this Be something that you cannot wrap your brain around. Listen, if you and I understood everything, then we would be God. If I understood everything, I would be God, and you'd be in big-time trouble if I was God. You don't want that. You and I do not have to resolve this confusing issue. But let me just challenge you with this. Don't do this. Do not take God's sovereignty or take man's choice and try to find some middle ground somewhere. And there are, there are, there's book after book written trying to do this. 
If, if you do that, you've just destroyed both of them. You have to leave them alone. If you will, you have to let the tension exist. And some of you I've talked to about this, the tension exists. It's there. Because we as men try to go all kinds of places. And well, does that mean this? And does that mean this? Be very, very careful to not say something or say that God said something that he did not say. You might legitimately get there in your head, but be very, very careful not to say, thus saith the Lord when he did not say it. And so let it be that God says he is sovereign. And I have good friends, and when you say that word, sometimes they just tense up because they think you're heading towards a sticky point. Don't worry about how God harmonizes this with people coming to Christ. That's God's problem. It is not yours. And so it is, no doubt, something that is a struggle for many, many people. But you do not have to let it undo you, okay? You do not have to let it cause friction and tension. And you can even say this. Let me, I'm thinking about wording this right now. You can say one of those things to one of your friends, and that's just fine, and it's the truth. And you can say the other thing to another one of your friends, and that's just fine because it's the truth, okay? Just don't ever represent yourself that you don't believe the other. This is tricky, and this is difficult when we think of God choosing men and men being able to believe on Jesus Christ, whosoever will may come. Let me draw your attention back, and we'll spend just a little bit of time going in, in verse number three here. Verse number three says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in high places. So the Apostle Paul here, he says here that blessed be God. He blesses God himself. And the reason is, is because Paul is so completely overwhelmed with the fact that God has chosen him before the foundation of the world. Now, understand that. So it's not a question of God being up in heaven and he looks down and says, goodness, I sent my angels around and they did some surveying and you, my good man, you are good enough that I'm going to offer you a spot in my kingdom. That's not how it works. He doesn't look down and say, my goodness, you're such a nice lady that you deserve to be in my kingdom. That is not the way the gospel of Jesus Christ works at all. It is God before the world began, setting, don't miss this, setting his love on you before the world began. Do you understand how valuable you are? Do you understand the decision that has been made before you were even born for the sacrifice of God the Son because of how loved you and I are? When we focus on this, it gives us an unshakable security. This lets us know. In fact, we're about to jump into Ephesians here in 2018. And when we get to the end of the first three chapters of Ephesians, you are not going to believe how valuable you are to God. These deep, rich truths and how incredibly rich you are in Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm making a prediction that we're going to have to take a break after the first three chapters in Ephesians and preach a sermon on humility because you're going to be built up so big and so high because of how God views you. We're going to have to bring you back down to earth. But we need to guard against this picture 
that God is just up there with a fishing pole hanging down to earth and he's kind of holding this line down to earth and kind of saying, boy, I sure hope somebody grabs a hold of what I have to offer through Christ. I don't see God sitting up in heaven saying, boy, I hope some of these people will respond to the gospel. I sure have a whole lot invested in this. I don't see that. What we find in Ephesians, Ephesians 1 is God master planning every single person into the church, and he does this before the world began. This is history. We take a look back, and history is simply his story, right? This is a story of what God has done. And maybe this will help you as much as it helped me when you just bring this aspect into it. I think this is a big point. When we think of time, we can't separate our life from time, your salvation from time, the aspect of time, which God created. God created the seasons. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. God created time. There was no time before he made it. And you and I can't even think outside of it. Probably the most popular hymn in the Western Hemisphere over the past um, centuries has been Amazing Grace. And Amazing Grace, it says right in there, I once was lost, but now am found. We cannot think outside of time. But understand, with this difficult issue, God is not bound at all by time. There is nothing that binds him like when we think of time. And so when men and women all around you are seeking in this life for something, understand, and you can even get excited about it. Here's, here's how you get excited about it. When you have an individual that it seems God is going after, or an individual that you're praying about getting saved, they're having conversations about the gospel and about grace, and they're asking you questions you can start to get excited because they are about to enter a place where they are incredibly rich if they follow Jesus Christ. You can get excited for them for what is about to happen. And men and women are seeking for value in their life and they will go everywhere. And you know this because unfortunately, even some of you that have these riches, you're not jumping in. You're not realizing what you have and you are seeking in all these places that will never satisfy for value or for joy. And outside of Jesus Christ, men will look everywhere. They'll go to the ends of the earth to look for value and purpose in life. And what they need to hear is they can have value and they can have purpose when they know about their position in Jesus Christ. When you understand your position in Christ, you will no longer have to go to all those places that just leave a void. And I'm also excited for our congregation that we're going to see in the entire grand scheme of things how it works. You know, we all have a way of looking at life. Some people have a pretty good view. Other folks are just completely absorbed. They think the world revolves around them. I can't help but make one last, I promise, the last Christmas reference of the year, I promise, which means I can start over again tomorrow, I guess. My favorite Christmas movie, some of you have heard before, is It's a Wonderful Life, and I love the scene when George Bailey is there in Mr. Potter's office, and Mr. Potter has figured out that he cannot beat this young guy, and so he tries to hire him, and George Bailey sitting there realizing that he's about to be bought 
by the richest and meanest man in town. He figures it out, and the light comes on for George Bailey. And he goes on this rant where he says, you sit around here and you spin your little webs and you think the whole world revolves around you and your money. Well, it doesn't, Mr. Potter, he says. In the whole vast configuration of things, I would, I'd say you were nothing but a scurvy little, what, spider. And then he storms out. And what does he say? It goes for you too, he says to his assistant and the person listening through the door. It is so easy for any of us to get such a small view of this world. And when you understand, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, when you take a look back and you understand how incredibly, if I can use the word from verse 3, blessed you are. You see, we bless God by what we say about him. God blesses us by what he does for us. And it's so easy for people to get caught up in a world, a world that will have people around you saying, if you'll just do this, then you'll be somebody. If you will just accumulate this, then you will really be somebody. And let me remind you today of how valuable you are. Our dear God looked upon you with so much love and with such a beautiful plan. And you and I, we don't have to understand it. You are rich. You are rich beyond measure if you have Jesus Christ today. And you don't have to understand this. Can you understand it? This fact that God would choose you. I know me. I know me and I do not understand why he would choose me. I, I know some of you. I don't know why he would choose some of you. Apart from his incredible love for all men, for God so loved the world, the Bible tells us. So what can you do with this? Well, just very simply, you can look at that for, at verse number three there. You can be blessed by God, and in return, you can bless God. We find the description here that God is the blessed one and a description for us as well that we are blessed. The word blessed comes from the word that where we get eulogy. It means to speak well of someone. We bless God by how we speak of him. And this should be an amazing confidence builder for you. Do you know who you are? Not too long ago, a guy knocked on my door. He was a Christian. And he was wanting to share his faith. And I'm encouraged by that. And as we talked and he found out that I went to a church, he started to get into some specifics, some details. And the idea was if I didn't quite line up exactly like he thought, then I need to leave the church that I'm in. Now, I'll give you the news. I'm not leaving the church that I'm in, okay? I'm not sure if that's good news or bad news to you this year, but I'm not leaving the church where I'm at. He was talking about some of the differences. And as he was talking about this, I didn't want to argue, but I've gone through some of these touchy topics. And so here's what I just said. I stepped out on the porch and I said, well, let me tell you my view on that. And let me tell you my take on that. And I didn't want to argue. And brothers and sisters, you don't have to argue. You don't have to argue about this. It's okay. 
It's okay for you not to understand it with your human mind. There are some things that have to be figured out just in God's mind. You don't have to be afraid of this. In fact, what it should do is give you an incredible security. How secure are you? I have stood next to the bedside in hospitals with individuals that were about to go in for a serious procedure and they have wept and I've had the suspicion on occasion that perhaps they're not prepared for eternity and they're so afraid that they're going to die and they're not sure, they're not confident. I have stood next to the bedside in hospitals of individuals who are very near death and they said, I cannot wait. I wish it were today. I've had to have conversations with family in the room that says, hey, mom, we're still here. Don't be saying you want to go today. And they're saying, don't cry for me. I'll be with my Savior. You see, walking through this world, you need to have this security. And the devil will throw everything he can to knock you off of that strength, to get you off of that strong place, that foundation. And I want for you to realize in this coming year the incredible security that comes with the work of God in grace. If you know him today, do you know how loved you are? Do you know how rich you are? I can't even hardly describe it. But let me challenge you, jump in God's word. Start to study how rich you are in Christ. If you're not in his family, we have all kinds of ways that we say this. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're not redeemed, if you're not saved, you pick whichever one. But I think deep down inside, people know. If their life is really, if they could take or leave Jesus Christ or the church, I think people kind of know. It's not all that important to them. You know. If you are here today and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, you know, I'm not going to start to drop a prosperity gospel teaching on you. But let me just tell you, there are incredible riches and blessings that come to you. And I'm not saying in the form of money or cars or houses. There is so much for you. And if you know God, understand that it wasn't just in 2017 that he loved you. And it wasn't just for your 30 or 50 or 70 years that he has loved you but he set his love on you before the foundations of the world. And because of that, you and I, we are rich. Let's pray. Father, you know how I approach areas like this in your word and wanting to show love to those that are my brothers and sisters in Christ and and how some likely have not been good stewards with teachings of this, maybe have been too harsh on one side or the other, accused others of heresy. God, would you allow us to have a confidence in you? And we thank you for the incredible teaching of the Holy Spirit that we've already asked for today. But would you allow us, as we study these things, to be very, very comfortable with not understanding some things. I thank you for the truth that we see in your word, that whosoever will may come. 
I thank you that I cannot look at someone and see that they are one of the chosen, one of the elect, but I simply have the obligation and responsibility and commission to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you help us to look at all men and women with love? Would you allow us to spread that message? With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm gonna ask Ron just to play through the stanza of a song, and I'm gonna give you, give you a chance to pray. We often do this. I'm not sure what's on your heart. Maybe you want to accept Christ as your Savior today. Christ died on the cross for your sins, and you can come to him even this day. Take time to pray to God, whatever's on your heart.